1: The reasonable voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I'm your host Marcello Rolando. My guest today is Justin A. Serafin. He's the Director of Preservation Initiatives and Engagement at Preservation Virginia. Justin, how are you this afternoon?
2: Good afternoon. I'm doing well, thanks.
1: (laughs) It's great to have you on the show again. It's been a while. Uh, As a matter of fact, I don't know, have you ever been on the Reasonable Voices before? show. I know I've been on your other uh, show. Many, uh, times, many yes. Several times, yes. Here. Well, I'm glad to have you on this show. It's a longer glad format, and of course, it, it reaches the world. Well, uh, let's jump right in. The Rosenwald School Initiative. I know we've talked about that before, but uh, bring us up to date. Dude. Yeah, so it's
0: been a while since we've talked about it, and um, we've been uh, all, while we've been planning to launch a statewide survey to find the current status of all the Rosenwald schools that were built in Virginia. Uh, while we've been planning for that and finding uh, funding for that, we've also been working kind of on with uh, some Rosenwald school groups who are working to preserve their own schools. So it's, yeah, it's the Rosenwald Initiative, and we, we call it that because uh, it's really been uh, a multi-year project, mm-hmm. a topic we've been engaged in since uh, we first listed Rosenwald schools in Virginia on our most endangered historic places list back in uh, May of 2013.
1: And you know Justin, forgive me for cutting in, but you know not everyone may know what Rosenwald school is. Maybe we should explain that. I know you've told me before.
0: This was a program that was it was the brainchild of Booker T. Washington at Tuskegee uh, at that point Institute. This was a rural school building program designed to supply uh, African-American children throughout the South with a quality location for an education as well as uh, a curriculum. The Rosenwald name comes in. In that uh, Julius Rosenwald, who uh, at that time, as uh, so we're talking early 20th century, was um, number one, number two with the Sears and Roebuck Company, hmm. uh, a very wealthy man, he essentially provided uh, the funding for the rural school building program.
2: Wow. Hence the, the Rosenwald name. So overall, uh, we're
0: talking 19 teens to late 1920s. Uh, basically, is the period in which more than uh, more than 5,500 Roosevelt-funded schools were built uh, throughout the, the southeast, sort of in an arc from Maryland down through Texas. It's an incredible story. It, it, and, it and it's it's amazing to me that with more than 5,000 schools built, nearly 400 schools built in Virginia. Mm. It's
2: surprising that the story is so little known. Yeah,
1: it certainly deserves to be told. And even as, uh, even though you've told me before, as you tell it again to me, I'm, I'm just amazed at uh, not only what was done, but by whom it was done, where it was done, and when it was done.
0: That's right. That's right. So, so the setting is, uh, you know, the the South, the American South in the, uh, the early 20th century, you know, we're talking about, uh, Jim, you know, Jim Crow era. Yes. And the law of the land at that point
2: was uh, separate but equal. Yes. And the equal part, you know, would, would be debatable. Uh, and certainly when
0: it comes to educational facilities and how much was invested in them, Generally speaking, the difference between facilities that white students attended versus
2: black students was, you know, was quite different. Yes. So this program really, you know,
0: it really, it, you know, in some ways, sort of made good, I guess, on on the equal part of of separate. Mm-hmm. But it, it just represents an incredible, uh, an incredible story of. Just the striving for education in an otherwise, you know, really a difficult climate. The way that the fund worked, uh, I, I think, is is also really interesting. It wasn't the case where uh, the Rosenwald Fund would just write a check, uh, you know, send a check to say, here, build a school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was much more. Involved in collaborative than that, in order to receive Rosenwald School funding, which amounted to a, a portion of the total cost of building a school, mm-hmm. there had to be buy-in locally. So, the school board, or uh, you know, the, the sort of local or county government that was uh, making decisions for uh, education in the locality, uh, had to had to really buy-in to mm. the program. The, the land on which schools were built uh, had to be held by the locality. It was often donated. There had to be contribution from the local community itself.
2: Mm. Wow. Um,
0: and, and that was in the form of, of money or uh, in-kind services uh, could be used too. Uh, occasionally, uh, the white community uh, contributed some money. and so with the, all those pieces together, the Rosenwald portion of the funding would kind of complete the picture uh, in order to build a school. So it, you know in some ways, it's is sort of an almost like an incentivization program to encourage the the locality, the local government to Kind of like we said
1: earlier, sort of make good on the, the equal part of separate but equal. Yes, preservation Virginia certainly carries on, and thank you for that explaining that because I know I find it fascinating. And I'm sure the listeners do too. So uh, forgive me for interrupting, but I'm glad you told the story. Now we're back to the Rosenwald School Initiative and and where we are now. Whether you have a, a statewide survey is being launched soon. What what is that?
0: That's right that's right and uh, thank you for, for the opportunity to kind of give a summary there others can tell it better
2: than I can uh, you know I really am an architecture <laughs> <laughs> preservation person um, but you, but were, great. Is, you uh,
1: were great you were know, great con- the context is amazing yes so from a historic
0: preservation perspective uh, how are we involved why are we involved what are we what are we doing from the very beginning of you know looking at the collection of Roosevelt schools built in Virginia as a resource type and as a really really valuable uh, but disappearing resource type our ultimate goal is to you know raise well several several goals one of which is to raise awareness of the fact that, that these these resources exist and to try to prevent any further demolitions of them the ones that do still exist as preservationists, uh, we, and sort of advocates, we, uh, we have worked with a number of schools and will continue to do so, uh, on their, uh, preservation planning, uh, you know, restoration ways to, uh, look at fundraising and strengthen their, their own organization, you know, in order to see a sustainable end result, you know, which is a preserved school that has some, some kind of function and use. Uh, in the present, and, you know, with the big idea being that it'll be around uh, for a lot longer. And, so, and, so,
1: go ahead, I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you, but I think you were going where my question is, to, uh, anyway, uh, and okay. that is, as as usual, I, I like this piece of it, and I want you to mention it, that it's not just about preserving a, a building, an old school f- from another century, and having people come once in a while and see it as a museum, it's preserving it and then using it in in other ways that uh, enhance the local community. Is that about it?
0: Oh, um, well, I, I think that's great.
2: And maybe we've
0: got a position on staff for you. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: well, I've just talked to you many times, and I, I'm so impressed with what you guys do.
0: Well, and, and you're right. Um, you know, while some, uh, you know, certainly can have a museum function and, and do... What we what we see you know, in this age of sort of making historic preservation relevant um, and and sustainable, you know, the notion of using historic resources, uh, you know, using them in the present, and it, when they are used and you know and have a function and a purpose, then they're you know, far more likely to be uh, economically you know viable, sustainable. And and so yeah, the 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 schools that that really serve a community focus, um, you know, they do really well. And so that is that is part of it, you know, sort of talking with and and trying to advise those who are looking to preserve a school, you know, really just try to talk through and think through what what some of the end uses might or could be, you know, and how to really make the restoration or the rehabilitation speak to that and and you know make it make it a usable place sure. and, and they could be both like you know it can be a community center it can be any number of things while also telling the rosenwald story mm. uh and ha- you know and having an interpretive aspect so it's, it's not like they're mutually exclusive either
1: uh-huh exactly exactly and now I know I keep interrupting you, but you took a breath, so I'm going to ask um, again. We mentioned, or I mentioned this, an upcoming statewide survey. Uh, what's that? That's right. So,
0: and I got off track, but from the very beginning, uh, we always we always thought in terms of a, a survey uh, or taking an inventory of all the schools that were built to really get to get a sense of what's out there Mm -hmm. to survey and get the current status of of what's on the landscape you know out of that nearly 400 that were built to be out in the field and and you know get some actual uh numbers and statistics for schools that survive how many are once we locate them you know are in sort of in terrible condition and are they able to be saved uh, right down to locating the exact sites of schools that that aren't there anymore.
2: Mm. Uh, so you know
0: there's a, there's a sort of you know, mapping quality uh, to the survey project, but it, it, it it's, it's gathering data for us to then be better able to advocate uh, and work with schools to you know, keep the ones that survive. I uh, make them useful. and where they don't survive, to really commemorate and recognize them. Yes, you know uh, permanently uh, on on the landscape, whether it's with historic highway markers uh, that might mark an empty site or former site of a school, we are right through uh, National Register listing uh, any number of ways to really commemorate and 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 make part of the the permanent record the fact that a school existed uh... and it and was you know, an important piece of of that community at one time
1: yes and again i go back to i'm i'm really stuck on this whole idea of who made this possible uh... who collaborated with uh, the the people of rosenwald who initiated it and uh, who benefited uh... and how it continues as uh, to be an education for all of us, but it really was a coming together of different religions, different faiths and and colors and, you know, heritage and and economic uh, uh, ability, all of that coming together and saying, you know, what's important here, let's educate our youth. I just, um, it it just gets me every time we, we talk about it, Justin and that you uh, do so much as a part of this. How is everybody at the Preservation Virginia, by the way? the gang well, uh... we're, we're busy, but we're doing well.
0: It's, uh, it's General Assembly session time now, so that's always busy, but uh, we've had all sorts of, of projects happening all around the, the state and, and advocacy issues happening all around the state. So we're kept really busy, but, uh, but that's
1: good. It is good. Well, give everyone my best. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Justin A. Serafin, the Director of Preservation Initiatives and Engagement at Preservation Virginia. Please stay with us. We we have some fantastic new news, at least new to me, how 21st century technology and our past history are being united through the efforts of Preservation Virginia and people like Justin Serafin. Stay with us. My grandfather, I lost when I was 17, and my
2: grandfather... And see like the sea of purple. People have been impacted by this disease, but when it comes My to mother
0: had been diagnosed uh, with Alzheimer's since well. young. In the fall, we were doing the Walk to End Alzheimer's, um, and that was the first event where I saw um, the community really
2: come together for this one event. And Um, It was raining that day, it was cold, but um, a bunch of people, there were so many people out there because they believe that this is an issue that's worth um, their time.
1: With the Junior Alzheimer's Association, I've been honored to plan certain things that are happening in the community, make a difference in the community at a young age, and we also help fight the fight against Alzheimer's.
2: My overreaching uh, goal every day is about concern and awareness. Raising concern about the disease, awareness about the Alzheimer's Association. My mom's been gone 10 years now, and
0: I'm just feeling like I want to be involved.
1: Support, please, the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you. Please call 800-272-3900. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, and my guest today is Justin A. Serafin. He's the Director of Preservation Initiatives and Engagement at Preservation Virginia. On March 2nd, there's a, uh, a fourth statewide Rosenwald Network event uh, on March 2nd. at uh, And where is that, uh, Justin? We'll, re- we'll mention again at the end, but where is it? Great, that's right. Uh, so uh, Friday, March 2nd, uh, we
0: will be convening uh, what, right? Ultimately, is the, the fourth uh, statewide what I call our Rosenwald Network uh, meeting, and so this is uh, really stakeholders uh, interested in involved with uh, Rosenwald schools uh, from around the state getting together for a days worth of programming. Mm. Uh, we are being hosted this year at the Robert Ruff Moton School. Uh, museum in Farmville, Farmville, hmm. Virginia. Yes, uh, which itself is a is a uh, famous a later period than Rosenwald,
1: School, but a, a famous site for looking at the history of African American education in Virginia. Okay, and we will return to this uh, toward the end. I just wanted to make certain because uh, Justin and I can get all involved in history, and we forget to maybe. <laughs> And that time, the <laughs> clock is still ticking. Okay, what I am fascinated about hearing from you lately, Justin, is that this. Uh, you know, I I'm still so pleased when I learn any 21st century technology, and I, I'm still working on being fully in this this century. But the humanities and the history and preservation of history are are sort of joining forces with or or mutually benefiting. Historic preservation through geographic information system mapping technology, GIS. Right. What is that? So, for you know, for for so many people
0: uh, outside of our realm, you know, GIS technology, it it's been around. it's it's international. It's the basis of uh, mapping for uh, governments, and localities, and uh, any you know all across. Uh, Certainly, the nation and non. uh, So this this is not new technology by any stretch, Mm -hmm. um, but marrying the kind of survey work uh, that we are aiming to do, and the the sort of mapping and and sort of spatial nature of that um, to, to use GIS based. Uh, software, Esri ArcGIS software, it's really kind of changing how we how we do put these historic resources on the map. Wow! Uh, we've had wonderful collaboration and guidance with uh, the Louisa County Historical Society uh, in in developing this sort of connection between uh, this more humanities and history realm and uh, the long-established GIS world, uh, and so it's been really eye-opening for me, uh, and it's, it's enabled us to create uh, a major, sort of, a really important piece of our statewide Roosevelt School survey, which is our mobile survey tool. This is available uh, basically any smartphone or tablet, laptop, you know, any device with a web browser and a connection. Uh, this is a, a form uh, on your phone that can be used out in the field wow. to essentially, you know, survey uh, a building. Wow. So the the nice piece of it is that it allows you to photograph right within the form and upload photos of what you're looking at, mm. and it's, uh, being GIS-based, it's, Pinpoints your location and and maps that. You fill in as much information as possible and hit upload, and it uh, it, it it's mapped for us. Uh, then we at Preservation Virginia can uh, look at what entries have come in and research them more uh, fully, possibly go out and do more field work if needed. Uh, but what this represents, it, it, it sounds pretty. Elemental, but what it represents is a, a sort of community-generated uh, process yes. whereby you know, it's fine for us to say, oh, we're, we want to find all of Virginia's Ozilog schools, which, of course, we do. Mm-hmm. And because the, the documentary records don't list addresses for them and certainly because some are gone, it's not an easy task, actually, to yes. locate all of them what this does, it allows us to ask people in their own neighborhoods, their own communities, uh, whether it's Rosenwald School alumni or family members of alumni, people with uh, really good local knowledge uh, who would have recollection of where a school might have stood. Maybe even one one they attended, uh, but that's been long gone. Mm -hmm. And so... To roll this out publicly and then have this tool available, we're basically asking people in their own communities to go out and and tell us where they are, uh, so that we can then follow up. So it it is what it represents is a real, like I said, community-generated sort of identification of historic resources. Uh, The Rosenwald School Survey is is really our kind of our prototype, or really our our first. Uh, foray into this kind of what essentially is crowdsourcing you know, data, crowdsourcing material, and it has implications for all the work that we do. So it's, a, it's kind of an interesting time um, mm-hmm. to sort of see this humanities and uh, the tech uh, aspect uh, coming together to what I hope Will be kind of a revolutionary way to identify resources around the state. Yeah. Uh, the the ultimate goal of identifying such resources as a historic preservationist is then uh, when such things might be threatened in the future, uh, it allows us
1: to better advocate for their protection. Yes. Because you'll have all this, you'll have this data, uh, research data uh, saved, and you can go right to it and pull it up. That's right. Uh, You
0: know, over the course of the 20th century, the the National Register of Historic Places to date uh, is the majority of sites that are listed there, or uh, even with the State Historic Preservation Office uh, database, uh, just because of you know recently cha- up until recently sort of changing attitudes about uh, what what's deemed significant underrepresented communities are just as that term implies uh, pretty underrepresented mm. uh, on those on those lists mm-hmm. and so really trying to flesh out the the record with these kinds of of, of resources that have been sort of heretofore overlooked like I say it it enables us
1: you be more effective at trying to save them sure uh, down the road let me jump in with something okay. to put this in perspective for those with gray hair who uh still do the think in terms of the 20th century one of the first time first projects uh, that i believe that you and i were involved in um, i as a news reporter, and you, of course, as a historical preservation person. We went around, we picked up a, a, a woman who knew the local history. I think it was Buckingham County, is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And we drove around all day, In the, the snow had fallen, but it was still very cold, and we took pictures, we, you know, asked questions, we uh, met with people who still occupied certain uh, properties, et cetera, and that was wonderful. But what you've just described to me digitalizes all of this, and it, it it goes to the same people, the same local people, but says now you have in your phone the ability to make us see what you want us to see. Does that sort of do it? Oh, that's a, that's a
0: wonderful uh, summary of, of what I'm trying to explain. <laughs> no, you're, you're exactly right. That day that we spent exploring the... Hill community in Buckingham County, yes, uh, and and uh, visiting uh, different sites, uh, houses, but also cemeteries, uh, most you know, most of which uh, some of which were unmarked. If we'd had this technology with us, the ability to photograph, do GPS locations uh, and and you know generally enter information about each site, uh, at the end of the day we'd have we'd have a fully fleshed out map of, yes. of that day wow. um, rather than having to go back and, and recreate yes. but you're absolutely right Marcello it, it's that kind of field work that we so often do uh, to be able to even even if it's first for internal purposes to be putting, putting places on a map uh, it, 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 it's going to be a, such a useful tool for us to really be able to just just think in a bigger picture way about our historic resources uh, here in Virginia and how we you know, how we really organize to uh, promote and preserve them
2: exactly
1: well, I just want you to know i'm I, i'm a good student I always listen to you so I remembered that when you were talking about uh, the new GIS marriage with your efforts i I wonder is there is this technology especially useful when it comes and we may have answered this really for to uh african-american historic research does it
0: well it 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 is it 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 really actually is especially useful in that regard uh some of the work that the louisa county historical society is doing i've mentioned i mentioned them earlier uh, but they're doing such great work that i i want to mention it again they're using this technology and using sort of facial mapping uh, combined with uh, the documentary record to really tell a much more fleshed out and detailed narrative of African-American history in in Louisa County. So this this technology, the ways that Louisa County Historical Society are using this spatial mapping uh, combined with uh, even scant uh, documentary records that relate to African American history. Uh, the combination of the two, they're discovering amazing narratives of the African American experience in Louisa County that would not have been possible without sort of the marriage of time and place and the ability to you know, represent that spatially. It sounds really complicated, but it's <laughs> it it's a technology that we think is. It's going to be really revolutionary, especially for researching the historical narratives of of, uh, underrepresented uh, demographics and populations here in
1: the state. And you know what else it does? It occurs to me, Justin, that there may be grandmothers out there who want to take their grandchildren. This is where I went to school. This is where da-da-da. But the children will understand and grasp this technology so quickly that there will be a marriage also between generations. I love that.
2: I love that. I couldn't have put it more succinctly,
0: Marcello. And that is that is exactly the idea. Certainly, we have a, a paper form, a survey form available that that can be filled in on site. And I think, uh, but I think you're right. I think it's a case of uh, younger people knowing this technology, how to use it combining forces with their elderly
2: relative to right, to, to, to help put these places on the map. Yes. You know, grand grandmother or great grandmother takes their relative out to say, This is where I went to school and the the younger person can enter it in on our through the, the survey tool. Absolutely.
1: It's perfect. Exactly. And they'll do it because that's that's the way they think. Everything goes right, right. to the you know the, the thumbs are going to town on the on the phone. <laughs> if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen through the phone, it doesn't happen. It them. doesn't happen exactly. <laughs> it's great. It's terrific. So, how about the formal record? I mean, the Virginia Department of Historic Resources database, and and you've mentioned the National Register and Virginia Landmarks Register. So, this all, how does GIS play in with all all of this? Forgive me if that's asking you to repeat yourself, but. Let's make that point again briefly, if we may. Sure.
0: So, all of the survey information that we gather on Rosenwald School, a, a, a formal part of this, this survey project is that uh, all of those entries will be uh, entered, well, entered into, included in DHR's Department of Historic Resources uh, VCRIS database. And so, you know, what that means is that they really will be on the permanent record, Mm. you know, with the the state agency's database. And so, and
1: and that's a huge, it's a huge component of this. Fantastic. All right. We do have to go, but I want to go back as promised. First of all, give us the website for Preservation Virginia. And also, let's mention again, the uh, fourth statewide Rosenwald Network event uh, on uh, Friday, March 2nd
0: very good there's a, a page for our Roosevelt school initiative under programs at our website uh, preservation Virginia written out org bill you find links to uh, to everything that we've talked about uh, including registration for the upcoming uh, Rosenwald School Network meeting on March 2 at the Moton school Moton Museum in
1: Farmville Virginia okay. Excellent. And Molton being spelled M-O-T-O-N, I believe, yes? That's right. Okay. All right. This has been, it's always great to talk to you, Justin, but this has truly been, um, as always, eye-opening and educational and informative, and it just makes you feel complete, I think, when you can embrace both 21st century technology and a piece of the past that still needs us to bring it to light. So, one needs to keep in mind that people like you in Preservation Virginia have to go out and find this information because it just wasn't as readily recorded as so many other cultures. Uh, so That's right. there it is. All right. Thank you so very much, Justin A. Serafin, the Director of Preservation Initiatives and Engagement at Preservation Virginia has been our guest today. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we wish you, Justin, and all the people at Preservation Virginia all the very best in all you do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marcella. My pleasure. Bye now. Taking care of an Alzheimer's patient is pretty much a full-time job.
2: Fifty percent of caregivers die uh, while they are caring for awareness about Alzheimer's and research.
1: Just because someone's mind is being diminished does not mean that uh, the ordinary physical things don't happen. They can Mm -hmm. uh, have a sore throat and not be able to tell you. They can have something in their eye and not be able to explain it. So you have to be aware that in every respect, life is still going on for them physically, even though you are focused on the, uh, the mental dementia, the, the person is still living a life physically and emotionally. For all those who see this video, I hope you will learn more than I ever did before you ever have to know it. That's my message. Support please the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you. Please call 800-272-3900. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the reasonable voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. Does the presidential oath apply to children? Change that reforms America is the only comfort for Americans besieged by poorly enforced wage laws, student debt, Russian hacking, white supremacy, sexual assault, inevitable water wars, and gun violence masquerading as Second Amendment right to massacre innocents and the innocent. American solutions are waiting in the wings of change. The very moment opposing sides of all political points of view are reformed our children and the families they leave behind dreamers all beckon because gun laws and gun assassins are an american problem in need of legal solutions if you have a license to own an ar-15 the fbi can ask to see it and in a man's castle question his social media provocations However, until an act of violence is committed with or without an NRA-condoned murder weapon, both FBI and police are powerless, unless you have been targeted by ICE as an unwanted immigrant. The Women's March on January 21, 2017, Me Too, Times Up, and Black Panther prove We the People are the change. But will Paul Ryan's 115th House of Representatives vote for all inclusive background checks, recognize our union with immigrant heritage, and vote to honor American Statue of Liberty promise? Upholding justice, equality for all life, even after birth, unites us with our children everywhere in lifting a 2018 torch of freedom, a resounding gauntlet at the feet of a rented Congress, gun profits addicted NRA, and a president's den of iniquity. Calling out all perpetrators of domestic violence and domestic terrorism is what true patriots do. On Saturday, 24, March 2018, may America lift every voice in a harmonious chorus, young and old, people of color, women of every hue, Asians, Latinos, LGBTQ, and Native Americans, letting freedom ring through us in common cause, so vociferously our tumult thunders to save our children. Before and after American National Guardsmen sent by Nixon shot and killed four Kent State students, anti-Vietnam War demonstrations were ablaze on college campuses. At Peabody Conservatory of Music, students and faculty gathered in Peabody's Concert Hall in action-oriented peaceful assembly. So, once again, I stand tall, stand up, and stand with Cameron Kasky, Emma Gonzalez, brandon wolf and all who have suffered because of the reckless combination of two easily procured assault weapons and yet another man incomplete without a gun america's violent history teaches the siren's song calling us to greed to war and to power over life and death addiction most often fails to be controlled by those most powerful Civil unity, however, is the key that frees rational thought, sensible pragmatic solutions, and all-inclusive purpose. America remains a work in progress on a journey from bloody revolution and civil war through the wild, wild west and Jim Crow to demagogues dictated to by powerful bankers and foreign chefs. However, unlike obstruction of justice, collusion is not legalized, and being thin-skinned is not an impeachable offense. Nonetheless, whether unwitting individuals or overly trusting Americans misplacing their faith in unholy men, voting out of jealousy, fear, hate, or desire for revenge makes voters powerless against the fox they hail and vulnerable to the fakery he projects. Failing to preserve national institutions, protecting even the least of these our brethren, is the antithesis to a presidential oath. Failing to protect us against tragic family destruction by AR-15 villainy while shooting down our myopic fourth estate and our imperfect FBI morphs our founding father's American dream into a Laura Ingram Nightmare isn't failure to preserve clean water, protect our groundwater reserves, and defend occupiers of American territory from rainmakers like the securities industry, Wall Street investment groups, hedge funds, making rain from our public water for their private pools, a breach of presidential contract with both the 60% of Americans who vote and even the 40% who don't. Is presidential inflammatory rhetoric making Americans susceptible to Putin schemes, treason, or MAGA? And why should we care? Because America is now run by too big big-to-fail Great Recession creators, a NRA-rented Congress, a White House staff, including 130, without security clearances, and by an adulterer tweeting mendacity while gouging himself on overnight cheeseburgers. Being ranked as the worst president isn't an impeachable offense. But perhaps denying Russian hacking, the safety of our children, and sanctity of our elections betrays his oath to preserve, protect, and defend. Now I ask you, shall we stand up, stand tall, and stand with the mass shooting generation, and join them marching for our lives? Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.